What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I'm your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. What's up guys, welcome back to another episode. And this week is gonna be a bit of a departure from the norm. You see, yesterday was the 1st of November and on the 1st of every month, I have what I refer to as my reorientation day. And so it's this is the month, believe it or not, uh, November the 23rd of this month is going to be the 30 year anniversary of my father uh, dying and so, it's quite a memorable month and it's an important month. And I've just been kind of thinking about the amount of, you know, the stuff that I've gone through in my life, the, the ups and downs, you know, I've described quite a bit of it over the last uh, couple of episodes, uh, the last couple of years. If you've been listening for a while, you'll be familiar with the different stories. But, you know, three decades now since my dad died and man, what a ride that has been. And, you know, I've talked about, if you go back, you know, talked talk about my first real estate deal. I've talked about my worst real estate deal. I've talked about my best real estate deal. And a lot of you have listened to all that stuff, but there's actually, there's an awful lot more to the story than just property and real estate. And that is one of the things that I want to kind of get into. And I recently gave a talk in London. And when I was over there, uh, what I was doing, uh, I, I kind of laid out some of the stuff and I came up with what I call the, the three oars. And I call them like the three oars of my life. The, my, my rise, my roller coaster and my road back or the rise, the roller coaster and the road back. And when I think about it, like, you know, it's, it's all about resilience. You know, I talk about resilience a lot and, you know, I've explained why resilience is important to me why I put a huge amount of focus on it, primarily because of what I came through in 2008. But like mental fortitude is super important in this game because you're gonna face challenges and stuff like that. But whilst I talk a lot about resilience, I'm not sure I talk as much about focus and accountability. And if you take focus, accountability and resilience, FA or, you'll go very far with those things. And so that's a little acronym I've come up with uh, just there and then imagine that. Uh, so anyway, look, today's episode is all about performance coaching and accountability. And what I'm getting at here is like, you know, we talk about real estate and we talk about property investing and all that kind of stuff, but there's a much bigger thing going on out there. Like we all have lives that are made up of lots of different aspects. We have, as we say, you know, we, have, we wear lots of different hats. And if you think about the different hats that you wear, I mean, in my case, I have the hat that I wear as a father, as a husband. I have the hat that I wear as a, you know, an executive in a family business, real estate investor. Um, now I have the hat on as a podcaster and a, you know, person who makes videos and content and puts it on YouTube. But there is a lot of different hats that we wear. And really what it all comes down to is how you show up, in, you know, depending on what is your, um, what are the different things that you're working on. So in my particular case, what I have been, you know, done doing over the years, I've been getting coaching of different types, 
because I want to have the best possible um, performance in all those different areas in my life in the dip with the different hats that I wear and so like what is just breaking down what is coaching like coaching is really just having someone in your corner who is advising you and a lot of the time your coach is not telling you something that you do not already know it's just that they're holding you accountable they you know you make a commitment to do something uh, every day of the week you might make commitments to yourself but do you actually follow through on those commitments or do you kind of say ah I'll get around to it tomorrow whatever when you have a coach a lot of the time that coach will hold you to those commitments and they basically they hold your feet to the fire and make sure that you show up and when I look back on my life and the stuff that I've done the experiences that I've had um, and the stuff that I went through particularly around 2008 and those years after the big crash a lot of it, uh, my ability to get through that and the achievements that I've done and things like that, a lot of that got, goes back to my initial interest in personal development. And I know some people will hear personal development and kind of, you know, it doesn't necessarily interest them. But I think we're all interested in improving who we are and we're improving, you know, improving the performance or the life that we have, whether that's your fitness, whether that's you know, your relationships, whether that's financial success, whether that's, you know, whatever it might be, creative success, for example. And I think about this, my personal development journey, it goes back to around about two, I say 20, 21, 22 years ago. And that's when I kind of started paying attention to this stuff. And it, it all happened around about 1999. And that is because my uncle died and he actually died from his own hand suicide and it was very very difficult picture the scene uh, like i'm working on exams in college and like my dad had already been dead quite a few years but his brother stepped in and started and became chairman and was kind of looking after things and so i was kind of like okay i've got somebody there who can kind of you know keep the show on the road while i'm still learning all this stuff and next minute he commits suicide. And I get a phone call from the guards and the guardie say, um, are you related to this man? And I was like, yes. And he goes, okay, please come and meet us. And so I met this guard and he shows me a passport for my uncle and says, is this your uncle? And I said, that's him. And he goes, I'm sorry to tell you he's dead. And when he explained what happened, I was just dumbfounded. I had no idea. But the worst thing then, he turns around and says, right now, come with me to, um, to his home. Uh, you're going to have to let his wife know what's happened. And I was just, what? Like, I was still in my mid-twenties. Like, it's very young for all this. And so anyway, it was a very, very difficult, hard day. And, it, like, it's burned into my mind, as you can imagine. But it's made me pay attention to resilience and all of that kind of stuff very carefully. And stress can do that to people. Like it takes a, a lot of stress obviously to do it, but stress can ultimately have that kind of impact on people. And so I started paying attention to it and I started thinking about performance and how do I become the, the most, uh, the high performance version of myself so that I try to stay on top of the stress that I don't ever let it get to me. And so I started working with an Irish coach, a guy at the time, like this is a long time back, but his name was John Murphy. 
And then I discovered uh, a Canadian uh, author and he's, he's kind of a, a self-help kind of personal development person, Robin Sharma. He wrote a book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. I read that book and I really liked that book a lot. And then more recently, I've used, I've worked with different coaches like Daniel Priestley in the UK. Daniel has been a guest on the podcast and Daniel has his key person of influence and uh, oversubscribed and he has lots of different kind of books that he's put out there. I've also worked with a coach called Dan Sullivan who has a group called Strategic Coach and Strategic Coach is based in Canada as well but it's so they've got they're in Toronto and they're also in uh, Chicago so Canada and the US but they have these chapters around the world so I joined that group and and then probably the my well my current performance coach who I work with JP de Villiers and like I came across JP through Daniel Priestley and he had this awful bike crash where he, he, you know, he almost lost his life. He was hitting in a hit and run, cycling his bike. Some guy, drunk driver, hit him, left him for dead. And I think I've had JP on the coat on the call on the podcast as well. So all of these guys, they have phenomenal kind of coaching, great stories and things like that. And over the years, I guess I probably invested like tens of thousands of euro on coaching, and I've travelled for coaching like I've you know, every month, jump on an airplane, fly over, stay in a hotel, meet with the, you know, for the coaching group and all that kind of stuff. And what I'm getting at is yesterday was the 1st of November. And this is, I've been doing this now for about a year and I have what I call my reorientation day. And this is something that I got from John, or no, from Keith Barry. And Keith Barry is the magician you might've heard of. Um, uh, he's, he's quite famous now in the world, but Keith came up with this idea of reorientation and uh, on the first of every month now I have blocked out the entire day obviously you know within reason some days it gets very busy and, and whatever so perhaps I'll do but I'll have a minimum of a half day try to go for a full day and I'll turn off the phone and I'll just focus on me my goals my performance and it's like a personal check-in and during that I will you know check in like how am I doing I'll remind myself of my goals uh, what I'll do you know am I on course to achieve my goals um, I have lots of different goals I have my long-term goals I call them my BHAG I'm sure you've heard of the, the BHAG and that acronym before it's uh, big hairy audacious goal and then I have medium-term goals and then I have short-term goals and I review every month how I'm doing on each of them. And I review like, how has the past month gone? Like, where has my focus been? Where, how has my energy been? How consistent have I been? Have I been showing up? And, you know, remind myself why I am here. Like, why am I doing all this kind of stuff? And why do I do this reorientation day? Well, I do it because, as I've kind of come to realize, and I've heard this before, but there are two versions of ourselves you know you listening today there are two versions of you there are two versions of me there's two versions of everyone you know and version number one is the one that you're looking at in the mirror when you wake up and so i look in the mirror and i see a person in front of me that is your current you that is your you know as you are today in reality and then there's that other version of you 
And that other version of you is the version that could be, the version of you that has achieved your highest potential. And, you know, anyone listening, like, do you not want to achieve your highest potential? Like, I can, I challenge you, do you, you know, do you not want that? Like, who doesn't want that? We all want to achieve our highest potential, whether that's in work, whether that's athletically, whether that, you know, whatever it might be financially. And so I do a thing called a massive action review. And the massive action review is, and it's basically comes around to the old saying, you know, if you're failing to plan, then you're effectively planning to fail. And, you know, next to that comes action. Like how much action are you taking? What kind of action are you taking to achieve the plans that you have created? And I asked myself, like, what would massive action look like? You know, you kind of say to yourself, oh, I'd love to, you know, get fit. Well, that's not really very specific. Like, how fit do you want to be? Do you want to run a marathon? Do you want to do a triathlon? Do you want to run and do an Ironman? Whatever it might be, you set yourself a goal. And then you say to yourself, okay, how am I going to achieve this goal? And you can go out and you can do a little bit of running every day. But what about massive action? Like, what does massive action look like? What extra stuff would you do to absolutely guarantee success? And that's what I kind of look at. And I remind myself that, that I do not want to play small with my life. I want to play as big as I can, uh, achieve as much as I can. And that is really what I'm working on. And what I'm really talking about here is hitting my targets. Like, do you want to hit your targets? What are your targets? Like, the first thing I'm going to ask you guys is, are you clear on your goals and targets? If, if I said to you, what are your goals in November? What are you hoping to achieve in November? Are you clear on that? Like, are you absolutely clear? Stop right now and think about this. What are your top three goals this month? Um, list them out. What are they? If you can't, if they are not at the tip of your tongue, if you're not able to immediately say, easy, one, two, three, then you're not clear on your goals. There should be zero hesitation for you to actually tell me or write down what your top three goals are. And if you have to think about this and deliberate on it, then you're not clear on your goals. And if you're not clear on your goals, then you're not gonna hit them because you need to be absolutely clear, like crucial that you have complete clarity as to what you're aiming for. And you know the reason I say that is, any kind of achievement, you know, whether it's a big achievement or whether it's something that's kind of hard to do or something like that, or, or it's a long distance, it's going to need direction, like real direction. And so consider going to the west coast of Ireland, getting on a boat and setting sail for America and saying, yeah, I'm going to cross the Atlantic 3,000 miles and when I get to the other side, I'm going to be at New York City. Well, unless you've got a compass and unless you've got a heading, you are not gonna arrive in New York by accident. It is just, you have to have clarity around what you're trying to achieve, and you only when you know exactly what you want to achieve can you start to establish a strategy, and the strategy is effectively the directions if you wanna use that um, analogy of crossing the Atlantic. Once you have your strategy, then you know what your targets and your goals are. You can start to have a better understanding of the roadmap that is ahead. Um, a roadmap provides you with focus and when you have focus you can start to allocate resources and so it's also much much easier 
to say no when your priorities are clear. Um, this ensures that you have to you know, take a much more proactive approach. And if you focus on your daily actions, that is going to deliver results. Like don't focus on the result, focus on the actions every day. If you're focusing on the result at the end, that's not guaranteed, like various things can happen in between. But if you know what you're trying to achieve and you know if I do this every single day for the next 30 days, I'm bound to achieve that. And that's called a leading indicator. There's two things to be looking at, to be tracking in your performance. One is a leading uh, indicator and the other is a lagging indicator. Your results are lagging indicators that you were on the right track but you need to have a leading indicator. You need to know before you set off on the journey, what are the milestones you're trying to achieve. If you arrive at the goal and, uh, you know, well done, you've arrived at the goal, but that's only a lagging indicator. It's hard to track if, you, if you're waiting to know at the very, very end of the result. So where should you start if you are gonna try and work on all this kind of stuff? I suggest you start with what I call my vision and values. And your vision is very, very, uh, you know, crystal clear, vivid visualization of what it is you're trying to achieve. Like, what do you want your life to look like, say, 10 years from now? And what I'm talking about is when I say vivid, I mean, absolutely create like a lifelike picture in your head. Close your eyes and think about what does your life look like it, with such clarity or, or such vividness that you can smell it. You can actually hear it. You know exactly what you look like, you know exactly where you live, you know exactly what you're doing right now. And all of that kind of stuff is very, very good in visualizing how you're going to show up at the end of the day. And I know that uh, Conor McGregor, for all of his achievements, he also has a lot of faults, obviously, but he talks about the fact that he visualized all of this years ago. And uh, visualization is very important. Next of all, your values. So what are your values? Well, what I talk about when I talk about my values is what are the top five words that would best describe what you stand for? And there, there's, there's lots of different ones that you can come up with, like in terms of traits that you want to behave like. In my case, I have various traits that I you know, look at and I've got one of them is clarity, one of them is focus, one of them is discipline, one of them is consistency, one of them is impact, one of them is accountability. So those are six, we'll say, uh, values. But I also have what I refer to as my five Fs. And my five Fs are my fitness, my family, my finances, my freedom, and my flame. Flame being my kind of passions and things like that. And those are important things to have, just to be able to remind you, if you will never be satisfied if you are living out of alignment with your values. And if you don't know what your values are, then how can you know whether you're living in alignment with them? But there is subconsciously these values, and this is what you stand for. If you ever find yourself being kind of frustrated when somebody is late to meet you, that is because one of your values is punctuality. And uh, not everyone is punctual, not everybody cares, but I am a punctual person. So that is one of my values. But you've got to figure out like, what are your top values, the ones that are absolutely so important in your life. And what you do once you have your vision and values, you work backwards from that and you start to figure out, okay, I'm gonna establish some smart goals now. Your goals, when you want to have a smart goal, that is specific, measurable, um, A for achievable. 
yet you're not picking something like, you know, walking on the moon or something like that, uh, relevant and time uh, bound. And so there's some sort of a timetable on it. That's a smart goal. Uh, you create that. You want to also have some sort of a baseline assessment. So if you're starting today and let's say you're working towards the end of the month, measure some yourself today. So if it is you know, financial, you know, a financial goal by the end of the month, or if it is, we'll say you're trying to get into running a marathon or something like that, well, then it'll be the number of kilometers or miles that you've run by the end of the month. Measure yourself today where you're at. Like, what is your time to run a 10K or a 5K? Or measure your weight. Like, if you're trying to lose weight, what's your weight today? By the end of the month, what will your weight be? There's a lot of different ways you can look at this thing. And what we do is we establish milestones. So if you're starting this exercise from the beginning and you're coming all the way from your vision, well, then you want to try and establish, okay, what would be, we'll say, a five-year uh, milestone goal for me to achieve, to know that I'm on track to hit my, my big, hairy, audacious goal at some point in the future. Then you'll have a 12-month goal. So what is your 12-month goal? And then what I do is I work really in increments of uh, 12 weeks. And there's, there's a thing... There's a whole concept around periodization. If your goals are too far away, you tend to ease off uh, in terms of trying to achieve them. And so if you say, okay, the 1st of January, going to establish you know, a load of goals for December 31st. And then you say to yourself, on the, you know, as the month goes, well, sure, I've got 11 more months, 12 more months, on, so I can kind of ease off this month. But most people will know that the gyms are always packed on the first week or two of January. By February, usually it's fizzled out. And that is because there's 12 months that you're looking at. And therefore, the space between them is too much. That's why I focus on 12 weeks. And what I look at is 12 weeks is effectively, we say like a quarter. Um, a quarter is 13 weeks. So I usually look at 12 weeks of like intense work. And then I'll take a week off. And then I'll look at another 12 weeks of intense work but that intensification of 12 weeks you can't ease off when it's 12 weeks as the window that you've given yourself for these big big goals or these big results it is far too short of a time for you to be able to ease off like even one week will impact your end result so what about the next 12 weeks um, set yourself one to three stretch goals uh, say to yourself you know what by the end of the 12 weeks I'm going to have achieved this and this, or maybe even a third one or whatever. You don't want to make too many. Too many goals is effectively no priorities. And people, when they wake up in the morning, they have a to-do list, and the to-do list might be 20 items or something like that. That to-do list means nothing. Like that is 20 items, there's no priorities there. What you need is a list with three or four, maximum three really. and. That is your priorities today. That's the first thing to work on. Don't work on anything else until those three are done. Then, after you've completed those, all the other stuff can be added in. But do not start your day with like 20 or 30 items on a to-do list. Track your leading indicators. As I said before, like work back and figure out like what is a leading indicator. If I'm trying to run a marathon, well then a leading indicator will be the number of miles that I run each day. And so you'll know if I want to run, say, 150 miles in a month, then I'm going to want to be doing so many miles per day. And if you, every day you basically track and see, okay, I'm on course, I'm gonna hit the 150. You cannot control your outcome necessarily, 
because there's a lot of things that can get in the way. People, you know, you might make an offer on a property and you say, I'm going to achieve, I'm going to have bought a property by the end of the 12 weeks, but the one property that you offer on may actually be rejected or somebody overbids or whatever it might be. And so that is not really something that's in your control. The outcome is outside of your control. But what is in your control are your daily actions that stack the deck in your favor. So if, for example, you want to become a property uh, investor in the next three months, what you would do is you would say, right, I can't guarantee that I will own a property at the end of the three months, but how can I stack the deck in my favor? Well, I can review 10 property properties a day on the paper or online, and I can choose at least one or two or three that I'm going to kind of study a little bit more in more detail, and I'm going to go and inspect at least two a week, and I'm going to make an offer when I see, when I find one that may, that is appropriate. And that way, at least by the end of the month, you'll have assessed, you know, 300 opportunities. You'll have organized an, in, an inspection of, we'll say, maybe 30 of them or something like that. Well, maybe 30 is too much, but you know what I'm getting at. Basically, you break it down into actions. And, you, and you, there's a thing called, when we're looking at creating sales in a, um, in a business, one of the things you should look at is your lapse. Your laps are your leads, your appointments, your presentations, and your sales. And if you were trying to make sales, we'll say, you say, okay, I need to have 100 leads a month in order to achieve two sales in a month. And you say to yourself, what, what do you mean by that? 100 leads, like it's 100 people coming across your advertisement or something like that. And of those 100 people, maybe 30 of them are gonna say, okay, this is interesting, let's reach out. They click a button, the next minute they make an appointment with you to sit in front of them and give a presentation as to what it is you sell or your product or something like that. Your present, so how many of those? Maybe you'll get 30. And of the 30 that are booked, how many actually turn into presentations where the person doesn't cancel at the last minute or whatever? That might be 10. So you might actually give 10 presentations, but of the 10 that you give, you'll probably end up selling to two people. And so you start with 100 leads, you end up with two sales. But if your product is, we'll say 5,000 or whatever like that, that's 10,000 a month that you're delivering in sales. Now, but you need to deliver 100 leads in order to, to meet that. One of the things that I have brought in is what I call super activation mode. In fact, let me give the attribution to the correct person. Keith Barry talks about super activation mode and clear stretch goals. Like you need a daily reminder. And as I said earlier, if you're not clear on your goal, then you're just, it should be at the tip of your tongue. When you wake up and get out of bed in the morning, the first thing on your mind should be your three stretch goals that you're working towards for the end of the three months or whatever, the 12 weeks. And then at the end of the day, in the late afternoon, you should review your performance today. How did you do? Um, how did I show up? How, how could I have improved today? How, you know, all of that kind of stuff. What one thing could I have done to, or, you know, did it go well? If it didn't go well, what's the one thing I could have done that would have made it better? And let me implement that tomorrow. Whose help can I enlist? Tomorrow, I'm going to enlist such and such a person's help. And there's a thing, there's the who, not how, is a, is a concept from Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach. And the idea of who, not how is that 
rather than you going out and learning how to do something from scratch, which will take maybe months or whatever, there's a person out there who already knows how to do this and you basically go to that person and they are your who. And that allows you to do an awful lot more to basically leverage time and magnify your results. Now, as you can tell, I am super passionate about all of this. This is what I refer to as radical accountability. And I am, believe it or not, I was talking to the, a friend today about this and we were saying, you know, radical accountability, it's so up my street. And he was saying, you know, why aren't you doing something in that space? And I was saying, well, you know, real estate is my space. And he goes, yeah, but hold on. Uh, you know, you should work within your nature. If real estate is one facet of your life, but you've got all these other facets, why not, you know, do something that kind of incorporates those as well? So I am working on a brand new program that I'm going to be introducing next month. And the idea is make 2024 your best year ever. And so if this sounds like something, it's effectively an accountability group, but I'm planning to launch this. And the idea is that we'll start in December with a couple of uh, meetings just to basically establish your plan. And then on the 1st of January, we kick off the 12 weeks and at the end of the 12 weeks you'll have established something really significant and that is it's going to involve weekly check-ins there's going to be monthly accountability sessions and there's going to be kind of a group format so there's going to be support encouragement motivation i'm also creating uh, an elite or uh, like a select version of it like a vip and that is going to be i can only do it for five people but it is going to be working directly with me as your coach and advisor um, it'll be you know very personalized it'll be me helping you achieve your goals specifically on uh, regular calls with me and stuff like that but that's only for a small number for those of you who are also interested in being part of this wider accountability group do reach out to me and i'll be happy to put you on a list um, i'm just going to make sure that i keep this tight enough it's not going to go out to the whole world. It's really going to be people that are into this kind of thing that really um, that are likely to, to kind of jump at the opportunity to be a part of this. And I know a lot of people out there, they are focused on kind of high performance and stuff like that. So it would be great to meet with some of you guys. If you're in my accelerator, you're going to be part of that accountability group anyway. So guys, until next time, I hope you found this one useful. Remember, patience and discipline. Stay grounded. I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Facade. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please connect with me via the Facebook group that is called Behind the Facade Community. Alternatively, you will find me on social media. My handle is Gavin J. Gallagher. You can stay up to date with all of my content and the various projects I'm working on over on my website, GavinJGallagher.com. And while you're there, please do add your name to the Join My Tribe thing over on the right-hand side. This will ensure you're kept up to date via my weekly newsletter. All of these links are in the show notes below. That's all for now. I will see you guys in the next episode.